Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome back to the Xbox Game Pass Show. This is episode number eight, and it is Monday night at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. We are live at twitch.tv slash robots radio, and we are bringing you back another episode of the Xbox Game Pass Show in order to talk about new games, upcoming games, news, first impressions, all the cool stuff that you want to hear about in order to stay plugged in to what's going on with the Xbox Game Pass and a bunch of other video games and stuff like that. So um, so welcome back. To, uh, this is your host, Tom or Robots, and I'm here with Sam and Seven Legend. What's up, Sam? How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, as I mentioned on our other show, the Mass Effect Lorecast, my first day back in the newsroom was today and I had a great day. You know, um, it's weird. You know, it's been a few months since I've had a full-time newsroom gig and it's really nice to be back in it. Um, I'm passionate about what I do, uh, as well as these two podcasts that we run together. So why don't we jump into, and speaking of news, we, we got some news to discuss. Yeah. So why don't we jump into that? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we had the EA play live conference this last week. Um, what did we find out? So there were a few things. Um, actually, there were a lot of takeaways. If you haven't yet seen the EA Play Live conference, if you if you missed it on last Thursday, I highly encourage you to go check it out because it becomes painfully aware uh, or evident why EA would not want to participate in E3 and limit themselves to a very short time frame with their presentation. Um, they packed that conference full of so many different announcements, but we're just going to go over a few for the for time's sake. The first of which. I want to mention is knockout city season two fight at the movies uh-huh. is uh, the new season that's coming out and it's introducing new movie themed assets, including an evolving arena and a fizzy soda ball <laughs> to throw at people because of course it's a dodgeball video game. Right. This is, yeah. This is one of the ones we, we talked about a few weeks ago that I, I tried with my son and um, it's, it still feels early, but it seems like with this announcement, they're going to continue updating. It, it, it looks like they're doing something like a Fortnite model where they're just going to keep adding funny stuff that's appealing to kids and anybody with kind of a whimsy kind of feeling. And who knows? It'll be interesting to see where this goes. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly like if it's if they're still supporting it with future seasons, then it should it, it must be getting a good enough reception. Right. And one of the reasons that we're talking about Knockout City is, of course, it is on Game Pass uh, mm-hmm. and it's on Game Pass as part of the EA Play addition onto game pass ultimate so knockout city season two is coming july 27th and at the time that we're recording this this is july 26th so by the time you're listening to this after the fact chances are it's already out so uh, apex legends is also coming out with another season this is season 10 for them and uh, this one's called apex legends emergence it's introducing a new legend a playable character named seer uh, new skins and a new weapon the rampage light machine gun that's coming august 3rd you play much of apex legends yeah I, I enjoy an occasional game of apex it's not something i play a ton of um my son plays it a lot with uh, one of his friends and um we we both were fans of titanfall um titanfall titanfall 2 and one of the things i just keep hoping they're going to add in are titans because it's in the same universe and how cool would it be even if like everybody doesn't get a Titan, like don't turn it into Titanfall, but maybe have a Titan on the map that you can fight over and then somebody can pilot the Titan, you know, like something like that. Like they could totally do that. I also I also really like the mobility of Titanfall and being able to wall run and stuff. And you can't do that in Apex Legends and the maps may may not be designed for that. But there's something about the limited mobility of Apex that I find a little bit less appealing than something like Titanfall 2. But otherwise, I think I think they're great games. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the comparatively limited mobility, because I was thinking of Apex in terms of I I played a little bit of Apex, not too much, but I primarily played Blackout, which was battle uh, uh, Black Ops 4's 
battle royale mode. Mm -hmm. And if you compare the two, I think that they have similar mobility features, especially in the other game modes for blackout. Um, and if you compare it to, of course, the most popular battle royale games that are out now, Fortnite and uh, Warzone, I think that Apex actually has improved mobility. It, it does. has more mobility than those. Yeah, it does so. have more, but I, I there's so for example, uh, who's the character, the robot guy with the, with the grapple. Um, oh, I forget his name. Um, yeah, but, but all, all the characters in Titanfall can grapple stuff, you know, and like all the characters in Titanfall can wall run and dodge. And, you know, each character in Apex has its own abilities and some of them are more mobile. Some of them are, you know, lots of different things. But if they were to up the mobility through pickups or other things, I think that would be really cool because it's something the studio does really well. And there's that would really make it a distinct, different game in in even more ways than some of the other, you know, this genre of games. So just just a thought is, you know, just I don't know how many people agree with me on that stuff, but I would love to see more mobility. I love because you're right. It does make it distinct from the others. Just just push yeah. it a little further. It certainly does. Um, and it speeds up the pace of each match, um, which is nice for people who don't ha have much time to play, you know? Um, so there's another announcement that was one of the bigger ones from the EA play live conference. And that is centering around battlefield 2042. I'm a huge battlefield fan myself. Yeah. So I am looking forward to this game and it is coming to EA play. It's been EA plays, of course, included with Game Pass Ultimate. I'm unsure of whether part of the game is going to be locked behind their their premium subscription service, EA Play mm -hmm. Pro, or whether all of it will come to EA Play immediately. So we'll stay tuned for more details on that. But the updates that they announced about Battlefield 2042 include a new game mode called portal and in portal it's a custom game mode where you can mix and match assets from battlefield 1942 2042 battlefield bad company 2 and battlefield 3 so you can create these custom scenarios with all of these different you know tanks and soldiers and weapons and whatnot and planes from all of these different games and have something truly chaotic yeah yeah it's it's like the um multiverse you know, multi-time stream kind of combat version of the game, which is cool, you know, because I, I've played all of those games and to have them all in the same thing. I just have to wonder how how it balanced it feels or is it more of like different skins? You know, like does, uh, you know, uh, are there similar guns across each of these and they all basically have the same stats and so you just are reskinning them or are they legitimately different weapons with different stats or, you know, like how mm. I want to know more about it. But the idea that you can merge all this stuff together, I think in this fits the concept of like what a lot of these studios are going towards are these these ideas of their games as a platform, because we're at a point now where the the computational ability of the CPUs and the GPUs is high enough that if you create a game and stick with it for 10 years, it no longer feels super old 10 years later. You know what I'm saying? Mm, like you that can makes sense. still upgrade the game. You can still upgrade things. You can, you can increase, you know, the fidelity of stuff over time, but the jumps aren't as big. And maybe this will become a platform where they can just add in the next thing, but still have all the other previous stuff still there, you know? Yeah, I agree that this feels like another step in the evolution of gaming where it's every single game is becoming to some extent a create your own adventure type of thing. Mm -hmm. So, and they, they do that for a couple of reasons, of course, because every game developer wants a game with like insane replay replayability factor. Right. Right. Sustainability is still in, in gaming. In fact, there's no reason it shouldn't be because if it wasn't, then there wouldn't be a profit model for it at all. Right. Um, so this does feel like another step. And you know, when I first heard of portal, my immediate thought was, Battlefield is trying to compete with Halo. Yeah. The Forge oh, mode. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're and no here's longer the thing. competing with Call of Duty. They're, they're not. They're not. This is a different thing. Uh, they're competing with Apex Legends. They're competing with um, you know, like these games that are just going to keep getting Fortnite. You know, like <laughs> my son plays Fortnite with his friends. And every time I look over there, there's some new feature in the game that I'd never seen before. <laughs> I'm just like, you can do that now. You can become a bouncy cow ball and bounce around like what is going on? This game is nuts. There's always something new that's just like stretching the boundaries of the game. And here's the other thing. <clears throat> if you um, 
invest your time in a game and money in a game in order to unlock all the different cosmetics and all the different things. And then all of a sudden a new game comes out. It's actually, if that stuff doesn't carry over to the new game in that series, it's, it's actually an argument not to move into the next game because now you're leaving all those things that you had unlocked and moving into something else. Um, so what if you can just continue to carry this stuff forward in every battlefield case study in the future? Yeah. Is my roommate from college, um, still plays CSGO. Yeah. You know, and you know why? Because he dropped a lot of money on all those skins and you don't really think of it when you think of old games like CSGO, but they still have a very dedicated user base. And it's part of, part of the reason is because you've already sank so much time, so much money into CSGO. And the other reason is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And CSGO is certainly not broken, not to the people who are still that adamant about it, but we do have another announcement from EA play that I want to get to, which is there is a complete remake of dead space coming from the ground up. Yes. And that's not just some improved textures. It's not some half-assed job. It looks like, and there's not going to be any microtransactions. Yes, this is, I, I love dead space. Dead, the dead space games are, are great. I love the body horror without being, I don't know the the space horror thing, shooting the limbs off the enemies, all of that stuff. It's just the right amount of creepy, the dark hallways and flickering lights, and then you add all of that stuff together and remake it and make it for platforms that now have ray tracing, so you legitimately have real shadows and real reflections, and the the potential for you know the scares and the really creepy situations is so good so 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 good that game is great and terrifying both i'm never gonna play that game alone at home <laughs> no? not gonna happen oh no that's the best the best is when everyone's everyone's asleep and you just turn all the lights down you put your headphones on and you're just like in this dark creepy world and then, that would be and the then somebody immersive. gets up and walks in the room and you don't know they're there and they tap you on the shoulder and you're like, oh, <laughs> what? Well, I physically was touched by something. What happened? Yeah. You end up punching your pet in the face. Right, right. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> my, my 11 year old gets an elbow in the face and I'm like, oh, no, I didn't mean to hit you. Yeah. No, don't I, scare I've, me I've like never that. actually punched my son. Please don't report me. Um, but <laughs> I'm calling Divus. <laughs> but there's the potential with these games to get, you know, super, you know, into them and then somebody comes up behind you and you're just like oh god um yeah yeah so totally a thing yeah. i i i'm uh, we don't have a release date yet for this but i i would buy this tomorrow this game it whatever it yeah. is you've got my money like take my money uh, you know i'm i'm fry with the cash you know just waving it um yeah i uh you know and and speaking of purchasing it i don't want too many people to get too excited too quickly because this dead space remake is going to be an exclusive for new gen consoles. So PlayStation 5, uh, Xbox Series XS, and of course PC. And there hasn't been any release date or even window set yet. So mm -hmm. this is all very tentative. They just released a teaser that doesn't really show much, but there is an in-depth interview with the game's developers uh, that was aired as part of the EA Play Live conference. And if you want to see that, go ahead and go check that out on YouTube. Uh, I encourage people to do so because it talks about a lot of those details that the teaser, of course, left out. Um, and there is another update, which isn't really part of EA Play at all, uh, but it was the GTA 5 update. Mm-hmm. And of course, GTA 5 is part of Game Pass. Uh, and this has been their most successful update since like the launch of the game eight years ago. Yeah. Talk about games as platform. This is ex exactly another example of this. So they had the Los Santos tuners update. It's completely focused around street racing. It kind of looks like they were taking some inspiration or some cues from the recent release of Fast, uh, Fast and the Furious. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's it's in the it's in the uh, what's the word? The I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the word wheelhouse. It's in the yeah, it's in it, like it's in the cultural, you know, conversation yeah. in the moment. Zeitgeist. The zeitgeist. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, um, whatever. Any of those words work. In fact, it's been so successful that Rockstar, a company that I previously ragged on because of their uh, insatiable amount of greed for microtransactions for uh, GTA accounts, they're depositing $250,000 of GTA money into everyone's accounts 
because of how successful this update was. Doesn't matter if you played the <laughs> update, you now have 250,000 uh, to spend in GTA, which by the way, is just enough to uh, go out and get a hot dog and see a movie. Yep, yep. So uh, MK10 Gamer in chat uh, sent in a quick little review about GTA 5, the, the update specifically on the Discord. So I'm gonna read it out right here real quick. Um, yeah, MK, awesome. uh, Mark 10 Gamer says, the new GTA 5 update, the tuners update, it's one of the best updates for a while, not only for people who want to race, but also people who just want to earn money either on their own or as a crew. The update slightly changes some of the handling tunes of the current cars, as well as adding in some exciting new cars. The races feel different enough to be fun but also not too wild. As I mentioned before, you can do also do missions to earn money outside of the races. These are contracts, not heists. So think about them as wheelman jobs as they do focus around driving a bit more than other missions. You only have to do two setup missions before the main mission. And as I stated before, you can do the main mission as a crew or on your Billy Lonesome. Is that a phrase that I'm not aware of or was that a typo? Um, the one perk is you don't have to slip the money you on the mission head get the full amount uh split that's a typo split the money from the mission you get the full amount and anyone else in the mission gets a flat rate of 50k the auto shop um you have to get to be able to do the missions aren't that expensive well not in gta standards the hub for showing off your cars is a safe area too which is a bonus this dlc reminds me so much of a past rockstar titled midnight club oh that's an interesting pull so much that I'm I'm loving it. Eight out of eight wheel nuts or pizza slices. <laughs> it has something for everyone. Well, thanks, Mark Ten. Sweet, sweet. Oh, it's so, a yeah, it's a British you know, phrase. Okay, it's a phrase that I wasn't aware of. Yeah, uh, you're never quite sure when we read things that if if it's a phrase you don't know, or if it was a typo, or you know somebody was talking into their phone in order to you know voice text and something changed or something. So, um, thanks for clarifying that. Incredible to think that this game, you know, like I said, came out um, last decade and it sold like, you know, 145 million copies by now. Uh, incredible to think that it has such staying power as it does. And um, for anyone that's unaware, they are remastering the game again for <laughs> uh, for playstation 5 and xbox series x and s that's coming out on november 11th it's not quite clear whether or not people who already own the game or perhaps own the game two times are going to be granted this iteration for free but it does mean of course that rockstar has now sold the same game across three generations of platforms right right I think people need to start teasing them instead of teasing Bethesda about Skyrim. Right. Like, when is GTA going to going to work on my <laughs> on my uh, refrigerator? <laughs> yeah, Will exactly. I be able to play it in my new Tesla? <laughs> what about my phone? <laughs> you know, um, the Tesla thing I could totally see happening. Totally. Um, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we do have some sad news, though, about GTA. Yes. And that brings us to our next section, which is the games that are leaving soon. So GTA five is leaving game pass and that's for console and PC. This is kind of a big fucking deal because GTA five just reached its most played amount ever. Right. Yeah. Uh, since launch. And now at the apex of its, uh, at the apex of its userdom, it is leaving game pass ultimate coincidence. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. From a marketing standpoint, this is absolutely the right time to do it because anybody who hasn't bought it yet is going to go, Oh, I just played this game on game pass for how many months now or whatever. I guess I'll buy it. I'll have 10% off and I'll be able to keep everything that I have because it's, it's on the same console and all that. So it's, it seems like a cash grab, but we also don't know what the behind the scenes agreements were between Rockstar and Microsoft and if they were already scheduled to be leaving at this point or if they just didn't re-up or who was paying who to be on the platform. I don't know. I, I find it pretty hard to believe that it would just be a well-timed coincidence. You know, it's um, it, yeah, it seems it seems less likely. But then again, you don't know. 
necessarily say so. possible you know it, it's possible um unlikely i think but possible there are some other games that are leaving soon which we already mentioned last week so we're not going to spend a ton of time you know obsessing over them those are uh it lurks below that's leaving for console and pc and these next two are leaving for console cloud and pc that's the tourist and undermine yep yep but we got some new games coming as well a few that were just already added yeah that's true uh the xbox and microsoft added a few games to game pass uh with very little fanfare and a couple of those come from original xbox titles if these sound familiar to you it's probably because they came out in the early 2000s and you're old like i am (laughs) <laughs> and you're old and, and your you, back cracks when you wake up now i remember flying the crimson skies hey I, I remember the little cat in a time sweeper <laughs> uh, so those those are the two that were added from original xbox titles crimson skies high road to revenge that's coming to error that is on xbox series xs xbox one and the cloud uh that doesn't have any multiplayer support anymore Imagine that it is an arcadey World War II era dogfighting aerial combat game where you're, you know, put in control of a prop plane. Think of like a P-51 Mustang. Yeah, this, these are fun. I, I played the PC equivalent of the Crimson Sky games, which were called something else, but probably very similar to this. Um, it's, you know, old go down memory lane, fly a, you know, biplane around, shoot at a bunch of bad guys kind of game. And then there's uh, Blinks the Time Sweeper, which I don't recall. Because well, I didn't have I an Xbox either. original Xbox era Xbox, so um, I don't remember this. I never played it, was, it on anybody else's either. It was marketed at the time as the world's first four-dimensional video game oh. because it was talking about you know how uh, the main character, the protagonist, Blinks, can travel through time, and it is Blinks's uh, sole purpose to save one of the uh, worlds from running out of time because it's time was being stolen. So with such an Mm. unstable amount of time and, uh, you know, having an unstable universe, basically the governing authorities of all of the worlds decided that it was best to indefinitely pause said planet. Um, this gameplay is coming to uh, series X, Xbox one and the cloud. Of course It, it released in 2002, and at that time, I was probably uh, 2002. I was probably knee deep in Morrowind, right? Was Morrowind uh, out at that time? 2004. Or was that 2004? Okay, so I, I was probably knee deep in Halo. Uh, yeah, yeah, you were probably yeah. playing Halo instead. In fact, most people yep. were probably playing Halo instead if they had an Xbox <laughs> in 2002. Yeah, it is a th- third-person platformer adventure game. It looks very similar to Crash Bandicoot or you know Banjo-Kazooie in terms of gameplay. Uh, if that's your thing, check it out probably a very small file size. I would imagine it's like a hundred megabytes if that. Yeah. Yeah. This is a small old game. Um, all right. And then we have a, another game called Raji an ancient Epic. And this is, uh, this game is really stylish. I, I watched the trailer on this. I almost downloaded it. But I just haven't had the time to try it. Um, it's got a little bit of this like action combat kind of explorey, uh, isometric view kind of thing. It looks like a lot of other uh, indie games, but it is it is steeped in like gorgeous Indian influenced artwork and uh, structures, uh, architecture, all sorts of cool stuff. And that's not a setting you get a ton in games. And it looks it looks beautiful. I mean, I mean any of these ancient cultures with these really really strong like senses of, of their own styles and things. This is something uh, we were watching some of the Olympics stuff recently. And I was noting on uh, one of the, the Indian teams have like uh, this new logo for India and the font is both modern and stylistically historic at the same time. And like, there's just something really cool about that. This air of like an ancient culture, you know, I think that's, it that's is. really it's, neat. It's inspiring. Um, and I think it's really cool, like you said, because we don't get a lot of ancient Indian traditional culture. Um, and that's an oversimplification here, but we don't get that in Western video games a lot. Yeah. Um, and, it, and so it is very cool to see something in this type of aesthetic. I love the way that it looks and feels and sounds. The soundtrack itself is pretty like magical sounding i watched some gameplay and also some um you know promotional videos and trailers uh and of course this was added to game pass for console cloud and pc so if that's your thing 
go ahead and download it. It is available on Xbox one. It's not, you know, exclusive to next gen consoles. A little bit about the story. It is the, the protagonist is a young girl chosen by the gods to defend the world from a demonic invasion. So perhaps the story itself isn't that original. It sounds very anime like, mm -hmm. um, but it looks original. It feels original. And perhaps that's because we just have been deprived of really exposure to, to uh, ancient Indian culture in the West. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, a culture that doesn't get enough representation, a, a female protagonist, like all of these things are awesome. So go check it. If that sounds appealing to you, go check it out. Um, then we have last stop. What do you think about this one? This one looks interesting. I can't decide whether or not I think it's best served as a video game because uh, so it was just released July 22nd and came right to game pass. And it looks really like a game that may be better set as a movie because it has such a strong narrative focus on uh, like, instead of the gameplay, you can tell that this, the developers were very, very adamant about the, the narrative focus, the story, and it's not, you know, like a very engaging, very sensational looking game. Uh, there's three playable characters and they all have intertwining narratives. It's one of those types of stories, you know, where you play three different stories and they all intersect and fate interweaves and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and it's set in London. Um, of course, all of the voice actors are then English. Um, if you're super into English accents and you're an American, maybe this is your style. Um, and I guess it, it reminds me of, of stranger things. I'm not sure if that's huh. a fair comparison, but it reminds me of stranger things because there's all this talk about intertwining narratives, fate, whatnot. And it's set within the juxtaposition of supernatural occurrences happening. Like in one storyline, two of the three main characters swap bodies, and then they have to go about their activities during the day without being detected as being the other person. Right. A trope in movies, you know, right. Very overplayed at this point. Yeah. It's, it's very telltale, uh, telltale ish. If you've played any of the telltale, uh telltale telltale games Man, easy words, for you to say words are not good <laughs> to um, put things in perspective for people the full game videos uh, th there's literally videos that take you through the entire game on youtube mm -hmm. and they're only five hours long yeah so it's like a telltale game yeah right so if 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 you don't really actually feel like engaging at all and by the way the gameplay isn't that engaging it looks like if you want to just watch it you can just find a video on YouTube and watch what that game <laughs> yeah. is all about. Well, these games are all about the decisions you make and how that plays out and what that does with your character. And it, when written well, they can be very compelling because you are choosing your own adventure. You are making decisions that carry forward in the game. Um, so that, that has been a successful formula and there are there's definitely an audience for it. So if that's your kind of thing, then this would totally be something to take a take a look at. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a narrative driven person, if you love single player games with a strong story, I think you should check this out. The next game we have, it looks kind of like the opposite. <laughs> it's called Atomic Crops and it's available for cl console cloud and PC. It's a really pixelated looking game, top down retro looking, uh -huh. and it is described as quote, an action packed roguelite farming simulator where you must cultivate and defend the last farm in the post-apocalypse wasteland. And it's got super wacky stuff like marriage and fighting enemies. And I watched the trailer with my son. I bring my son up a lot on this stuff because I enjoy like taking a look at the new games and being like, what do you think about this one? Um, getting his perspective, you know, because he's 11 years old. And uh, this one played and we both just kind of watched it silently. And it was about, I don't know, 75% done. And I look over and, my, and, I, and I said, I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's such a wacky looking game. Uh, but I'm sure once you dive into it, it, it becomes pretty clear. It's like, oh, you need to do far this farming thing and then you need to go fight these bad guys. And then you need to like, you know, it, it probably clarifies what you do. And then but it's it's cute. It's got this really fun kind of, I don't know, retro pixelated style with like fun little characters and big animated things. And there's all sorts of stuff happening on the screen, even when you're just farming, it seems. I don't know. It seems like very active. 
Yeah. It, this doesn't look like a game that you would play if you don't have much energy. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, it's a 16 bit fallout meets farming sim game. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Um, there is another game that was added, uh, recently actually on July 19th. And I think that you were planning to speak about this game after the break, right? Yeah. Talking about, uh, the fourth wall games that break the fourth wall or fourth dimension. Those are different things, aren't they? The fourth dimension. Yes, this. I'm sorry, guys. I woke up this morning with a cold, so I'm, I'm trying to hang in there. Um, but yeah, I'll be talking about Chris Tales a little bit later awesome. in the show. And so we also have a few games coming soon. You know, uh, we mentioned some of these before. So I want to mention them again because they were technically not added to Game Pass at the time that we're recording this, which is July 26th, 8 p.m. Pacific. Um, But they will be on Game Pass by the time that this episode is published across platforms on Spotify, Apple, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Those are Microsoft Flight Simulator coming to Series X and S. That's going to be added tomorrow, July 27th. Omno is coming to console on PC and that's coming on uh, Wednesday, July 28th and the ascent, the cyberpunk uh, type of Diablo looking game that's coming to console cloud and PC on July 29th. So the very next day, we've got a week of a few uh, big games coming to game pass. Yep. Yep. And uh, from what I've heard, if you have a series X or S Microsoft flights and works and people are like, this is magic. Cause this thing is amazing. And it, you know, it, there's a ton of stuff in there. The detail is really high. It looks like you're flying over real world locations. And so I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how that right works out. I'll, I'll give it a try. And then the Ascent who was on our last episode is a huge fan. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll have to ask him. We'll see. Uh, typically these things have been good um, flight sims for PCs because of all the different buttons. And then you of course can add the peripherals for like the joystick and the, you know, throttle and all this, these other things, but to see how that works on a console will be interesting. Um, the Ascent also looks really cool. I believe that's multiplayer, right? Uh, I believe so. I think it's marketed as a co-op game. Yeah. So this will be one to try out together with some of the other people on the uh, in the Game Pass gang. So a little plug. If you aren't part of the Game Pass gang, then join the Robots Radio Discord. Just search Robots Radio Discord or look in the show notes for the link and you can join us uh, playing some of these games as they come out and try them out with us or just some of the games that are just out already that we like to play some of the, you know, the tried and true stuff. Um, But yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that with with people. And then after this week, of stuff we have hades which is another absolute need to play once it's out on october or i'm sorry august 12th and um that's about it yeah that's about it for now you know not much else has been announced but we are at the end of july now so i think we can count on some news coming uh by the time that we do next week's episode we'll have a probably a plethora of new games to talk about Awesome. All right. Well, tell you what, we're going to go to the middle of the show and we're going to be back in just a minute to talk about the games that we've been playing this week. So you don't have to or you want to. I need to come up with a better tag for that. All right, here we go. Hey, I'm Pylon. And I'm Doc. And if you've ever played an Elder Scrolls game, you've probably used UESP.net to help you find information about a quest, dive deeper into lore, or really learn anything about the Elder Scrolls. But did you know we have a podcast too? Every week we bring you the latest in Elder Scrolls news, dig deeper into topics surrounding the game, and have a ton of fun while doing it. You can find us on your favorite podcatcher by searching the unofficial Elder Scrolls podcast. Can't wait to see you all there. So you might want to. The games we're playing this week, so you might want to also. No, that doesn't it doesn't have a good ring. Uh, but thank you for tuning into the show, friends. Thank you for being here and continuing to listen to the show. And for those of you who have taken time to share it with your friends, leave a rating or review, any of that stuff. We really, really do appreciate it. Um, also, if you want to share like uh, Mark 10 Gamer did some of your first impressions on some of these games and get your words on the show, then all you have to do is join the Robots Radio Discord and post your little review about whatever show and just you know, a paragraph or two, kind of a quick take on it. And we might read it out another future episode of the show. So go check that out as well. Also, thank you to everybody who is joining us live. You guys are awesome. I love seeing the conversation, the different like takes on some of the things that as they come up and we would love to 
keep growing the live audience. There's a lot of people who listen to this uh, either downloaded or on uh, video form, but having a live audience here to interact with is really the most enjoyable thing for me. So I would love for you guys to come join us at twitch.tv slash robots radio on Monday nights, 1030 uh, PM Eastern 730 Pacific. And I'm shooting, I'm hoping at some point we get to a, a roughly 30 concurrent viewers, you know, hanging out, chatting about these games. Maybe a lot of the game pass gang come in and hanging out every week. That would be super fun. So, all right, guys, well, thank you for all of your support. We really do appreciate it. This show depends on you guys to make this work. So we, you know, we can't tell you how much we appreciate it. So thank you very much. All right. So uh, Martin Gamer says in chat, Hades is one of the need to play roguelike games. Absolutely. Especially if you haven't played a roguelike game before, start with Hades. That is, that should be your entry point into roguelites. Um, <clears throat> all right. So uh, I can talk about Chris Tales if you'd like. We can start with that um, because that's, sure. that's wow. a brand new one. I think people are probably wondering yep. what's going on with that game. So this game is a uh, I talked recently about um, games that were like these turn based Final Fantasy type games. And this is another one of those. But it is done differently. The artwork in it is not pixelated but it's still kind of 2d characters walking around in a moving sort of 3d ish environment but the art style is just gorgeous everything is hand it looks like it's all hand drawn and hand animated the characters movements like when they attack and when they move they're like it all looks like hand drawn animation um the world is just gorgeous and beautiful and you follow the story of this this girl, Chris, and she comes to find out that there's this prophecy about her and all these, you know, typical fantasy trope type stuff. But it brings in this concept of breaking the fourth dimension in that she, during combat, can shift the enemies or herself forward or backwards in time. So one of the big things you realize of, of how this works early in the game is you fight this uh these this double enemy the boss uh these two women with this big shield and they have both have a half of a shield and whenever you go to attack them they close the shield and like in front of them and you can't do any damage and no matter how much what different attacks you use different spells or whatever you can't you can't damage them so what you have to do is you have to shift them into the future you have to go to the future version of them where their shield is rusted and now is vulnerable and then your attacks can go through and the way they do this is really interesting they divide the screen in like almost like if you were to take a pizza slice aiming down in the middle of the screen like a triangle facing down and then the right and the left side are like triangles facing up so that the middle of the screen is the current uh like if i'm looking at the camera right now the middle of the screen is like current time if something's behind you then you can shift it into the past and if something's in front of you you can shift it into the future so it, it creates this other dynamic and how all of this stuff works and you can shift things you can move them forward or backwards and back it back to regular time and eventually you build up a party you explore more places you find other characters and of course everybody's like some you know anime kid with some sort of like special thing going on and is going to save the world and all that but um but it really like art style really really good if you're into those kinds of games if you're into those kinds of settings and you want something that has kind of a very different take on it with a really beautiful art style this is absolutely a game you should check out so that's my take on on chris tales and chris chris tales sounds like crystals right and crystals like final fantasy is all about the crystals like those show up in final fantasy games all the time so again it's another one of those games that's like very highly influenced from final fantasy but the combat feels good it's, it's these guys have been studying turn-based combat and it works and the other characters you get do things a little bit differently and that works too and it just kind of builds from there on on forward so um so any you have any other questions or anything about that 
Not really. I think I'm going to need to check it out. We've been speaking so much about turn-based combat, about JRPGs and whatnot. And I realized that the only game that I've played that's like that is Pokemon. Yeah. And I thoroughly enjoy Pokemon. Right. So maybe I should just, you know, get the log out of my eye. I'm not sure. And (laughs) and just give them a try. Maybe I'll try Chris tales since it's on, you know, game pass and, uh, imagine it's not a large file size, right. For for those of us with limited hard drives. No, it's not that big. Um, Chris tales or Octopath traveler are probably good games to start with. If you want to do that, uh, those kinds of games. And, um, they, the benefit of, uh, not real time combat in these turn based combat games is that combat feels always feels more like a puzzle and less like a pressured thing. And sometimes you want that. Sometimes you want action combat and you just want it to be visceral and you just want to react and you want to just hone your reactions. You know, you want to get better at the headshots. You want to play doom and like cut all the demons apart or, or, you know, street fighter and just like get the blocks at the right time in the counter, you know, like that stuff has its, its enjoyment. And it's usually, it's usually wrapped around some sort of like, um, uh, you know, I don't know what's the word and you know energy kind of you know in the moment visceral kind of thing yeah fight or flight response yeah yeah adrenaline like all of that and that's that's enjoyable in its own way but then there's also the the other side of gaming which is like the puzzle aspect of gaming the more relaxed and thoughtful side of gaming and that's where these games really work well is that every combat is kind of a puzzle every every uh, anytime you fight a regular like low level character on your way to a next big boss or something like that is a lesson in how to refine and use your abilities against certain types of enemies which you then can use to even greater effect when you fight a boss you know all of these things stack up and a good game developer will be teaching you these things without you even knowing it and then you learn all these things and eventually you get to a boss and you go, oh man, this one's hard because it's doing a thing I haven't seen. Or have I seen this? What if I do this similar kind of thing that I learned from these other enemies here? And oh, that that's the thing that I needed to crack the puzzle to how to beat the boss. Or I need to go back and grind some more levels because I'm just too low level. That's <laughs> sometimes the case too. But um, in more modern JRPGs, it's more a puzzle and less a grind, which is nice because they've learned how to balance that better. Yeah, that's nice. In in case you want to just be a little bit more relaxed, maybe a good game mm-hmm. for after work <laughs> yeah. instead of yeah. you know, and 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 to play uh, cooperatively in a way like couch, not cooperatively in that you're both playing the game at the same time, but like sitting on a couch with uh, you know a friend or you know your spouse or you know boyfriend or girlfriend whoever, and being able to like um, like years ago, my wife and I would hand a controller back and forth when we'd play games. And so one of us might do the story decisions and the other person might do the combat, but it's not frantic combat. So like you both can chime in with figuring out the puzzle of the combat together. Like, Oh, what if you do this spell on this character? What happens then? You know, like, and then you figure it out together and you both kind of chime in and, and it's a relaxing time where you're, you're, and then you see the story unfold and you go, Oh, that cool thing happened with that character. Oh no, that guy died, you know, and then you get to enjoy the the story together as well. So my girlfriend and I, you know, we still play games like that. We hand the controller back yeah. and forth and uh, she doesn't really like the combat in a lot of games. So I'll play the combat and yeah. she'll make the story decisions. So right. Yeah, it works out. It usually balances out that way. And I've, I've found uh, with my wife that sometimes she she does want to do the combat stuff. You know, sometimes, you know, like it'll actually the roles will like we're more typically like you guys are. But sometimes it switches and it's like, OK, well, let's do it the other way around. That's cool. And yep, it's, it's that's fun. how we played Donut County. You know, <laughs> I yeah. would do one level, she she would do the next. And Donut County, another game that you know we've already reviewed. But if you if you're into relaxed indie games, go check out that one as well because I kept coming back to that game and it's it's just so funny. But uh, <laughs> speaking of indie games, that brings me to one game that I uh, I played recently and I'd played before, but wanted to make sure that people on Game Pass. Uh, the Game Pass show understood that it is part of Game Pass. Oh, that is. Oh, hold on, golf. real quick. I didn't get to give yeah. the rating yet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I need. I need to give my pizza rating. So I would give this a solid seven out of eight pizza slices. Seven. Oh, slices. why not eight? Um, I, I, I need to play more of it to know how, how typical the story is. The fact that you start with like fantasy tropes doesn't mean that you stay with fantasy tropes. 
right? Like, oh, the girl who's supposed right. to save the the world and has the powers. And like, that's a wonderful fantasy trope set up that might just play out exactly how you expect it to. But it may not. It may like turn things on its head. You know, the art style might get even more beautiful as it goes on. Who knows? Like there's there's a lot to this. I'm sure it's a long game because it's, it's a you know RPG. Um, so I haven't played enough to know if it's an eight. I think if it's the kind if this if you're the kind of person who's into JRPGs, RPGs, then yes, this is an eight eight. If just in general, though, I think I think it gets a seven until I, I'm, a, you know, as a first look, it's a solid seven. There's really not a reason to dock it other than just like it is a little cutesy and a little bit like obvious from a story yeah. perspective. But that's, yeah. that's my and only complaint. Perhaps, you know, perhaps there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. But. And that might be something you're into. So in that case, give it an eight, you know? Yeah. All right. Go um, on. Go so, on. So golf with your friends. That is what I was uh, leading into before that, you know, it's a fun, simple arcadey putt putt game to do with your friends mm-hmm. or not. You know, you don't have friends. No problem. Um, because the game has multiplayer lobbies. It is unclear whether the game will ever have like in-game chat functionality because as it stands right now, the multiplayer lobbies are so simple that they remind me of multiplayer lobbies from like back in the day when I was playing Age of Empires 3. Yeah. And that was like one of the first games, I think, on a computer that I ever played multiplayer. Right. And they had the custom lobbies and whatnot, and you could spam the di- the different uh, like taunts and chats like that. And you can do that in, in golf with your friends as well. Um, it is... It doesn't try to be more than what it is, which is a, a mini golf simulator. And at that, I think that it perfectly replicates the feeling of mini golf. There are really interesting levels. There, are, It's a fun atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You get that nostalgia of having gone to putt-putt when you were a kid. At least I went to putt-putt a bunch. And y- you're living in Florida. I'm sure that you've gone to your fair share of putt-putt, right? right yeah. Tom? Oh, absolutely. Um, this, is, this is a fun game because I actually purchased it in order to play with my dad. Uh, for my my son and I to play with my dad, so you know, grandfather, grandson, me, um, and so yeah, I, I bought I bought him a copy on purpose. He's not a big gamer, but I, I wrote him and I was like, hey, if I buy you a, a fun little mini golf game, will you play it with us <laughs> in order to just have something to do online so we can like stay in contact more? And he was like, yeah, okay, and we had fun. And um, we had only played it one time before playing it with him, and then both my son and I were doing well. And he was like, oh, you guys have been practicing. And it was like, we were like, no, this is really the first time we've ever played this level. And we've only ever played this game one other time. And it was a completely different level. So like, we're, <laughs> how do you, how do you politely say, we're just better at fig- uh, like uh, assuming what's going to happen next or, you know, like reading what the game is telling us and knowing yeah. what to expect, you know, because we do we play games a lot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun game. There's all these wacky levels. There's a worms level. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That one's tough actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Think it's explosives the, and things. Uh, landmines. Yeah. 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 That one's pretty tough. Um, there are some issues with this game. Like I said, the multiplayer lobbies are pretty simple while they're also buggy and they're not the most stable. So host lag will transfer to everyone else very heavily. Mm-hmm. If the host is lagging, good luck. You might as well leave the lobby. Um, I don't know how much support this game is getting. Oh, probably not too just, much. It's, it's a little it, indie you know, title. It's, yeah. It's a little indie title that came out a while ago, like a long time ago, but because like I said, because it perfectly replicates the feeling of, of putt putt at home, I'm going to give it six out of eight pizza slices. I think that's a it good would score. get the eight. It would get the eight. If a, they had better uh, multiplayer lobby support and B if there was just more content, more to do more levels, things like that. Yeah. So that makes sense. I agree with that. Yeah. Right, so I, so I see you've also been playing the outer worlds. Yeah. What do you think about uh, that? So I have a lot of mixed feelings about the outer worlds and uh-huh. you know, they say that the highest compliment that you can give any piece of art, like, uh, like a play or a musical production is to say that it was too short mm-hmm. because that means you were enjoying it and you wanted more of it. And that's right. kind of how I feel about the outer worlds. I thought it was fun. 
I loved the classic obsidian, you know, obsidian's a developer, the classic obsidian humor and the writing, uh, the whole thing, you know, the whole, everything is so corporate feeling of steampunk space travel. It felt like a natural fit. Mm -hmm. Uh, but at the same time, this IP doesn't feel original at the same time. It feels like fallout in space or fallout meets mass effect and <laughs> okay i kind of i judge i judge whether or not obsidian is capable of making a game that doesn't feel like fallout right right yeah i, I have to wonder about that like there are corollaries across many different things yeah i say mass effect because there is a cool companion squad loadout thing going on mm -hmm. although it's not very engaging it's not like choosing garris and ashley to go you know battle some aliens on some other world it's not free roam i mean it is but it's not like the worlds are very very small it's like if you were to combine the free roam of mass effect with the free roam of mass effect 2 so it's on rails yeah kind of yeah you know what i mean level... it gives you a facade of a free roam right right yeah some of the some of the places you go just feel like the size of a level in mass effect one yeah and that's and, about it you know it was pretty disappointing to me when i got to one of the final worlds where the, i forget the name but it was a giant city a metropolis and the buildings like there were so many buildings that you could go in or go near and like none of them had anything like there was nothing there. And so then you're kind of forced to just focus on the story, but I didn't want to focus on the story. I wanted to like live in the world. I wanted to do the side missions, even though there really were very few. So for being a single player only game, there just isn't much content and there isn't a lot of replayability either. After I finished it, I thought that was cool. Yeah. I'm not going to do it again. Yeah, this uh, Outer Worlds feels more like a game that took two to three years to develop instead of a game that took five to six years to develop. It's kind of the, right. the feeling I get from it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, there's something I, I never finished it. I've tried jumping back into it twice since I played it originally. I don't know what it is. I, there's something about, and I, this is going to sound really dumb. There's something about the aesthetic of the game that feels it's pretty, it's a very pretty game, but everything feels thick. <laughs> does this make sense? Yeah, yeah like, it does. Your armor, everything, everything feels like it's the equivalent of little plastic figurines. Does that mm, make sense? Like, yeah. it, I don't, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. Like, yeah, nothing feels sleek and cool. Every, everything and... feels like plastic, yeah. not like metal. And like, there's something, about everything it. looks like it was made by play school. Right. That's, uh, I right. think that's what it is. There's, yeah. so, there's something about that. And I, I don't know. I don't know why that turns me off to it, but it yeah. just doesn't feel real in the well, same way that help. Like fallout feels real it didn't help because fallout you there are so, there's so many you know armor sets and weapons and sometimes you find some you find something or you're rewarded with something and you think wow this is some cool shit, right yeah um but you don't get that in the outer worlds there's no l loot that you get where you're like this is this armor looks so dope and i want to show it off i just want to look at my character while he's exploring the world you know there's none of that not in my opinion right and um there's something about the the art design where the world and the characters feel more like cartoons they're more stylized than something like fallout even in fallout 4 everybody like humans have human proportions you know if you meet if you meet a ghoul or a skeleton it's like and its body is eaten through then there's holes in it it's 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 bare you know Mm -hmm. rather than like the cartoon version of a skeleton, which is thicker and clunkier than a real skeleton would be. Right. That's like why everything. Thieves. Yeah. Yeah. That's why everything feels thick. But, but there's something about the sea of thieves aesthetic that I'm okay with because probably because I play sea of thieves, like it's a cartoon, you know, like I don't need to feel like my pirate is a real person and there's a real yeah. story going on with real decisions. I need to, I need to pretend that I'm mm. a wacky pirate in a cartoon pirate simulator game the aesthetic had that borderlands feel to it yeah you know what i mean yeah but it but wasn't committal on that front thicker <laughs> yeah yeah i don't yep um i can't i don't have the right like words to explain it 
Fallout Borderlands Mass Effect game combination. <laughs> right, uh, right. Yeah, if, if Borderlands you know. was made out of plastic parts, that's what this... I don't know. There's something about that. that just, and I think that keeps me from... Um, I don't know, humanizing the characters and the the decisions is that I just don't see them as people. When I do something in a Fallout game and it hurts somebody, I feel bad. Because even though they're stiff and they're robotic and they're not necessarily programmed very well, they still look like people, I think. And I think that's the difference. That being said, uh, there are some parts of the game that made me laugh out loud, you know? Oh, it's very Uh, funny. Yeah. Like the Moon Man. That yes. you come across. <laughs> yes. Right. That guy, I was, I was, I think I laughed so hard. I cried, uh, at one point with some of the, the dialogue that that guy says the poor sop is, is such a corporate, like, Oh yeah. Slave. Oh, absolutely. And he's clinically depressed. Definitely. Oh, um, absolutely. So, he hates his job, but he can't, all, you know, yeah. um, but, and, uh, so there are really, really funny parts. And I think the writing saves that game. If the, the writing, writing wasn't brilliant. on par, the writing is brilliant. It's just the game yeah. world that just doesn't feel right to me. So for that reason, I am giving it a five out of eight pizza slices. All right. A little bit more than half so, a pizza. Yeah. A little bit more than half a pizza. It's worth checking out. You know, I don't want to scare anyone away from the game because chances are, you know, you might like it more than I say. And if you do, I don't want you to hold that against me or, or Tom right. or the show, but right. you know, that is my, uh, my thoughts. And, and I guess, you know, you heard it here first, right? <laughs> That's what we say. So absolutely. People who love this game, love this game and they, they're looking forward to the sequel. They, they want more of it. And, and I totally get that. I totally get it. Yeah. I, I just don't know. There's something about it that just doesn't quite draw me in the same way that some of these other games do. And I, and again, I haven't been able to really figure it out but I'm working on it. <laughs> yep. But don't, yep. don't let that stop. So. If you like these kinds of games, go try it. See if it feels right to you because it might be exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. I still think it is a story worth playing. Certainly. Mm-hmm. If you're into the cyberpunky, you know, corporations taking over, then you'll probably like it. Cultural commentary. Yeah. All yeah. of that stuff. Absolutely. Oh, there's a lot of commentary. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So. Well, cool. You know what? I, there, I've i got some new games I need to jump into next week with some of these new releases coming out. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, you got anything to share before we head out? Um, not not really. I am going to be streaming some more Mass Effect, which is on Game Pass. Uh, the first one on Game Pass, the other, th- well, the first, second and third one on Game Pass through EA Play. And so I'm going to be streaming that. I guess it's worth mentioning to the Game Pass show people. I'm going to be streaming Mass Effect 3. It's the same playthrough that I've been doing for a couple months now. So I imported my Shepard. I'm going to be doing that on Wednesday. And then after that, I am going to be diving into some more Game Pass games. And if you have any uh, recommendations or anything that you'd like to see me play and watch on a stream. Uh, don't hesitate to tweet at me at in seven, the legend, or just slide right into my uh, discord DMS. Uh, I am in seven, the legend on discord as well in the discord channel. So, yeah, and we still need to play some vermintide. I know I, we've been trying to do this for a while and I've just been busy. I with still have stuff. it downloaded. Yeah, we need to play it. We need to play it. Anyone else who wants to jump in with us in Vermintide 2, um, I'll, I'll walk you through some of the, the levels and get you guys started. Um, maybe we can figure out a night this week that'll work. Maybe like Wednesdays nights. I know you've, you've got work now, so things are going to be a little bit different. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, also, you can follow me on Twitter at robots underscore radio. That's the main uh, robots radio Twitter. It's also my personal Twitter. So the opinions are mine and do not represent everyone else on the network. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, there's other shows. You can go to robotsradio.net. Check out all the other shows. There's all sorts of things. And if you're into the lore of any of these games that we talk about, Mass Effect, Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Cyberpunk, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, there, there's a bunch of them. The Witcher. We've got shows for all of those things that I host with some of these other people that we, we mentioned that are in the chat and, you know, guest on our shows on occasion. So, um check out all the shows. There's all sorts of good stuff on the network. And um, if you're looking for friends to play games with, come join us on the discord robots radio discord. All right, guys. All right. All right, guys. I need to stop talking too quickly. We'll see you guys next week. And until then stay safe out there. Thanks for joining us. Bye everybody.
shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are Dragon Breaks? How does Chim work? Where did the Dwemer go? And more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing.